Who has the dolphin call us there? <laughs> it's a Star Trek communicator. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a <laughs> Tim's on the phone. <laughs> The weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the ten owners in the league. This is episode 21, entitled, Ice Cream or Brownie? Okay, Bockers, welcome to episode 21. We're starting our fifth month of doing the podcast and having a blast. So, G-Bone, how are you? I'm great. Wonderful, wonderful. Jack Swagger, how are you tonight? Doing well. Good to be back, fellas. Okay, low-key, how are you? Holding up under the pressure. Wonderful. Hmm. All right, guys, well, it's good. We're back at a quartet. Love it. Missed you last week, Jack. So let's run through the the games real quick here. Sunday really kind of uh, separated the boys from the men. Joe's Red Metal beats 47 Ronin, 48 to 42. That's uh, an ass whipping, and what a great Sunday. At one point, Joe was 1 and 11. When I looked again, he was at 11 and 22. So his team really surged at the right time uh, and just uh, put a beat down on 47 Ronin. Good job, Joe. So Mr. Blonde's Heroes and the Dreamers, at this point, the Dreamers are going to pull out a win. Squeak went out 34.9 to 34.3. The Funkin' Punks and the Street People, another close game right here. Looks like LJ has broken his streak. He ends up winning 40.9 to 40.2. The Omission Commission just destroys Lethal Injection 45 to 38. So Scotty's team continues its strong march towards the playoffs. And Lethal Injection gets beat yet again. And so you're all wondering about the brothers, the fight. Jack's Wax Packs and St. Locash. Jack's Wax Packs wins 52-45. to 45. Really sets up an amazing showdown for Week 19. Week 19 is super exciting for me. So let's run through the standings in the division, and we can take a look at that. So in the Griffey division, Jack's Wax Packs wins. He's at 14-4. and four. 47 Ronin loses. Uh, they are now at 8 and 10. Funkin' Punks moves into third place with a win. They are now 7 and 11. Mr. Blonde's Heroes loses this week and they fall to 6 and 12. The McGuire Division, what a race here. Omission Commission with the win stays atop the division at 13 and 5. Reared and Metal with the wins is right there at 13 and 5, tied with Omission Commission. And the Dreamers break their own streak and they win. And they are now 8-10. and 10. 
And here we are in the Bonds division. So one of these two teams will not make the playoffs after next week. We have St. Locash with the loss. They are at 9-9. Nine and nine. Lethal Injection with the loss at 9-9. Nine and nine. And then Bad Street with the loss at 3-15. and 15. So St. Locash and Lethal Injection. St. Locash plays Reardon Metal in Week 19. And Lethal Injection plays Bad Street. Jack, I know you've been taking a look at the playoffs, and why don't you break it down for us? What do you think? It'd be great to hear what you have. We got, um, as expected, two divisions coming down to the wire, and uh, Griffey's not one of them. <laughs> so at the moment, we got five teams essentially um, still in it. Three of the teams are locked into the playoffs. Uh, myself, Joe, and um, Scott are all going to be in the playoffs. I have essentially locked the number one seed. I believe I have 20 something point lead over the other two gentlemen. So in order for them to take the one seed, they would have to win. I would have to lose and they would have to score more than, I believe it's 21 points more than me. St. Locash, Chris and Lethal, Mike are, are tied nine to nine each. Again, the matchups this week obviously favor Mike. Uh, matchups don't seem to matter a shitload this season. <laughs> the assumption, the good money, Vegas uh, has Mike uh, making the playoffs, but anything can fucking happen. Chris's team has been strong. Again, just, uh, you know, played the wrong team the wrong time. So one of them makes it, one of them does not. Um, but the way we have it set up, the division winners are the one, two, and three seeds. So whoever, you know, gets in is going to be the three seed actually uh, ahead of a much better team making the uh, the wild card the tiebreaker in each of these situations because again you literally have the same situation in the mcguire division just two teams with better records but they're they're tied so so the in the mcguire division the difference is we know both are going to make the playoffs it's just where they're Correct. seated and then the bonds division it's literally one of these guys is in one of these guys is out okay got Correct. it. Yep. Correct. Correct. They both have a lot of value. So obviously in the Bonds division, the value is if you don't win, you don't get to play anymore. <laughs> right. In the McGuire division, the value is the team that wins the division is going to be the two seed and will be playing the winner of that Bonds division. Right. Essentially the, the uh, apparent weaker of the d- teams making the playoffs. The team that loses, that gets the wild card, a much better record than the winner of the Bonds division will be the four seed and will be playing myself, uh, assuming again mm-hmm. that, that I don't get knocked out. So a lot of value there, even though you know you're going either way. <clears throat> when it comes down to ties, um, should both... Chris and, and Mike uh, win should both Joe and, and Scott lose, win, what have you. Uh, then it's going to go straight to points for the season. That's always been our tiebreaker. Essence, what we feel gives the the best indication over the, the course of the year who the better team was in, in this situation. Both are within seven points. I think Chris has Mike by seven. Joe currently has um, Scott by a point and a half. So not only are these games going to come down to the wire who wins and who loses, but even if both win or if both lose, it's going to come down to points. So you may be unsure of the the final situation this point next Sunday still. Mm -hmm. So if I understood that analysis correctly, it's assured that you're either going to be facing Joe or Scotty in the first round. Yeah. Well, that is assured regard. Yes, absolutely. One or the other. So, you know, you know yep. what's the harm of saying it? Maybe there is a harm. I don't know. Who who would you rather face? <laughs> Again. I know, I know you've thought about it. 
<laughs> uh, it does. I mean, don't say I haven't thought about it. No, I know. I have, thought I have thought about it in, in what situation, where could you have a more balanced situation? What situation could you possibly build? It, it, it doesn't matter. They're both 12 and five. They're both scored 820 points each this year. In fact, oddly enough, they've both uh, had about seven, what, 765 and 769 against them this year, which is kind of odd. You're uh, evading the Joe, question. <laughs> I would like to beat Joe in the championship. So you would rather play I'd Scott. Rather play Scott first. Okay. Look, at, look at Jack. When he lives up to his nickname, I'd rather play Joe in the championship. Like he's, you know, assured that spot. I mean, he he made some pretty aggressive moves. If he doesn't make it in the championship, then that's whew, that's tough. It uh, this year more more than ever. I agree. Yeah, I took a uh, a pretty old team and 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 got a little older. So. Um, yeah, it's, uh, all the chips are in. It's, it's an odd, I can't remember having two other teams this close, you know, whether I was in first or second, or I just don't, I don't remember having three teams that were as solid as these three. I'm sure it's happened. The last time should Chris be able to hold Mike off the last time that Tim and Mike were both not in the postseason uh, was 2010 one or the other I made a joke um, you know about being happy that that I might get a, a playoffs without the two of them again no disrespect to the other 13 and five teams that are <laughs> uh, but there's been a history there so 2010 was the last time that one of the two of them was not in. Yeah, I, d- I did win in 2010. Yeah. Joe, uh, what's your perspective? I mean, how important is it to you to win the division? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely want to win the division. And oddly enough, I can completely understand Jack's perspective on the wanting, wanting to meet me in the playoffs. I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. Whether he meant it that way, I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. The, the year I won, I, I told Tim at the beginning, I hope I get to play you in the championship so that I can beat you. It, it means more to me to beat those two guys. Yeah, Go no ahead. disrespect to Scott. Uh, like right. I said, the guy's got a solid team, but there's you know, there's just been a when you look Bulletin at those, the lineup, material. There's, there's a I'm little sorry. more surprise when you look at the uh, at his lineup than than when you look at Joe's lineup. When you look at Joe's lineup, you're like, well, you know, they fucking should be 13 and five, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plus, I have the additional perspective of having been beaten by an, a Benigno three times in a row the first three years. <laughs> It would mean even more to finally break through against Jack. Well, I hope the other potential playoff teams have their uh, bulletin boards clear so that they can tack these comments up to their bulletin boards. Hey, listen, I am under no illusions. I have I, I have a losing breakdown against both Scott and Jack. I don't. Either I team is going to be tough for me to beat. I don't know if this would be a good time to uh, to address some of the uh, some of the things from last week. I wasn't here, unfortunately. There were some a few corrections that should probably be made. <laughs> I think what we want to do is uh, let's. Just just take a quick break, refresh oh, our drinks. Jack, you can you can uh, bring up whatever you want to bring up. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, we'll see you in a few minutes, boys. Hey, this is it, pretty baby. This is it, pretty baby. Okay, Bockers, welcome back. 
Jack, we were talking last week about a bragging poltergeist and the fact that we thought maybe had a poltergeist that it was inhabiting your body that had left you and went to Joe while you were gone. I don't know. Uh, you know, how you feeling this week? You you feeling good? Is the swagger back? I mean, you got you Darvish now with the Dodgers. It feels like you have the fantasy gods on the ropes again. You know, I heard Tim talking about, you know, how nice it is to be able to relax and not stress about the season and so on and so forth. And uh, much like my... Uh, division counterparts, it really doesn't matter whether I win or lose from now until the end of the season. So I figured I'd just take off some time and and, uh, and relax a little bit. I went on a little vacation, put a tent up in the backyard and told my <laughs> wife to leave me alone for a couple of days. So, uh, you know, I was relaxing. And uh, next thing I know, I'm listening to, to last week's podcast and I'm hearing things like maybe he's hiding in shame and um, perhaps the gods were, were punishing my team and um, some talk about all the old guys that were on my squad. And <laughs> so, you know, uh, obviously, immediately I, I rushed to the computer because I thought, you know, obviously something must have changed dramatically or nope. No, I won. Yeah, I did win. Granted, the other two scores higher than mine were the other two teams that we're talking about in the playoffs, but third highest score in the league. So that that wasn't it. So I went to the standings and 13 and four still on top of the league there. Nothing changed there. So nope, still on top of the breakdown, still on top of the power pole. So I was trying to figure out what the fuck you guys were talking about last week. <laughs> My team is fucking dominant. They've been dominant. They'll continue to be dominant. Whoever I use at pitching does not matter. I got the Cubs to stop them from going somewhere else, just like I did Boston. So I did lose a couple of pitchers, but I'm okay with that. As we talked about multiple times, I can afford a few weeks off. Joe, my friend, you're not supposed to take pride in the curse. When you curse somebody <laughs> and you think it worked, you shut the fuck up and you let it take hold. I'm new to it. It was my first one. <laughs> you don't brag about it. Appreciate you pointing out the playoffs had happened the last two weeks that I would have been knocked out, but we don't do the playoffs then. We do it soon. Again, just trying to figure out how a team that is uh, now 14 and four and a team that I have the opportunity currently hold, still got a week to go, but would be the first ever team to finish the regular season with a full 30 across the power pole. We've had 29 and a half. Greg, last year, Greg, how quickly we've fallen. I'm a little confused, fellas. Listeners, you know, you may think that we've uh, intentionally chosen to adopt a high school forensic competition uh, format. You know, the way Jack was just filibustering there. But no, in fact, we were just out of respect, giving Jack some time to talk. But I will say a few things, Jack. Actually, I, I was somewhat defensing, uh, in defense of you last week when, you know, Tim was uh, saying that you lost the swagger. Yes, I made the joke that you're hiding in shame, but that was just waiting there for me in terms of, you know, comedic low-hanging fruit. But... Um, but I, I did say, you know, how, how is it, Tim, that, that Jack was the big winner the week that he lost, but suddenly, you know, he's fading. But now, objectively, Jack, admit it, you do have a lot of old guys in your roster. Yeah, I definitely do have older. I will say you, you mentioned three names and two of them were on my bench at the time. But I, I do agree. I do have an old roster. That that part, I'll, here, let me cross yeah, that. As for curses, um, I think Joe may be the guru of curse because he texted me about my team looking like a mash unit. And since that little 
little text. I went from having like one player on the DL to six players on the DL <laughs> and three of my regulars got hurt last week. You know, I, I think our interest in your team was based upon the week before you were Machiavelli uh, deciding when or when you would win or lose so that you could uh, puppeteer the, the, uh, the, the matchups going into the playoffs. And I think that despite, you know, your very impressive record run, but yeah, you do have some concern about who you might face in that, that first round. That was not the question that was asked. I know, but that was the answer that you gave. You simply asked me who I prefer. You didn't ask me if I was scared of the other guy. Oh. That'd, that'd be like, do you, would you like ice cream or a brownie? Well, fuck, I like them both. But I like ice cream a little bit more. So you'd rather not have a brownie. Right. Tim, of course, would like both. And and frequently uh have both, right? What the fuck? Sprinkled with cheese snacks. I, I I love the swagger, man. I love that swag is back. However, the fact that you had to spend time building an argument defending your position kind of seems like you're compensating. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure exactly. that was a little tough. You couldn't talk back. You're screaming at your phone like what the fuck, guys? I get that, but it it just just there was just a little edge to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with with the cursing. Like Joe has the most cursing power, but he's really kind of clumsy in how he uses it. It's like he casts a spell; it doesn't go in the same direction, but it still works. You know what I mean? Wait, Jack, you don't believe in luck, right? So how does a guy who doesn't believe in luck believe in curses? Isn't that just directed bad luck? I don't, but that was the only thing I wrote down that I could yell oh. at Joe about. <laughs> I didn't want to feel him to feel left out. Joe, did you feel left out? I did not. I, I sort of the way they're talking about my my clumsiness, I sort of feel like a giant St. Bernard puppy or something that's trying <laughs> you know, to be house trained and failing. <laughs> it's funny. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but this season is starting to more and more look like Chris is going to come away with the goddamn championship. Yeah, wouldn't that, wouldn't that just be perfect? You and Chris were like the Harbaugh's. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the one that wears chinos and loves milk? That's what I want to know. Knows? Uh, I think I, like- uh, I think Jack is John and uh, and Chris is Jim. So remind me again, Jim is at Notre Dame, Michigan. He's in Michigan, Michigan. Michigan. He's yeah. a little bit more over the top, eccentric, eccentric. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, totally. And Jack yeah, is John. You know. Oh, that Greg, I, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You absolutely yep. nailed it. Both really good, right? Really know mm-hmm. their shit. Absolutely. The four of you guys should get like a time period in the Pocono. You and Chris and the Harbaugh's do vacations together. So no this one else can really understand you guys, the four of you. So maybe the you know four of you together would be like cool. In a tent. There's only one Harbaugh that Gretchen hates, though, and that's Jim. Because mm. he was a quarterback of the Colts when they beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. And freaking Lynn Elliott couldn't hit a field goal to save his life. And then in that off season, he brings his dogs into the vet clinic where she worked and she had to help him with his animals. <laughs> Dude, if, if your wife hates everybody who's beaten the chief, uh, <laughs> a lot of baggage to carry around, isn't it? It is. It's kind of bricks. Oh my God. But she doesn't forget. Jesus. So one thing I, I'm loving about the Dodgers is Puig's new celebration. You see that, guys, where he, he hits a home run and he kisses his uh, batting coach? I'm like, fucking <laughs> finally, we get past these stupid celebrations, these bat, bat flips and hair flips. Now we got some serious shit going on. Yeah, making out. <laughs> I love it, man. I oh, absolutely love it. Oh, the passion. I just... You know what? It's about fucking time. Look, it's not full-on French kissing on the mouth, guys. Like, this is not... <laughs> 
we're not talking about Aquaman again. We're just saying that fine, like there's some creativity going on. And I actually, I'm excited about the game kind of opening up a little this, you know, we talk about the excitement of the world baseball classic yeah. and it's just so goddamn rigid. He's feeling good. He's going to, you know, just let me give him a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. I just love this guy so much. He told me something about this and I'm, I'm appreciative of that. I mean, I, this Dodgers team is a fucking fun one to watch. Yeah. I do think if this Dodgers team goes all the way, It'll be one of the most enjoyable teams that I've seen in Major League Baseball in a long time. I have a hard time, like, really fully enjoying epic teams like that. You know, I I don't know. I I get so bitter that it's not the Pirates. (laughs) Justin and I have had this conversation before where he's, you know, he's a fan of baseball first and then his team's second, where it's the opposite for me. I'm a Pirates fan, but there's just a part of me that can't fully invest in the pleasure of seeing even an epic team. It just embitters me that it's not my team. Is that, am I crazy? It's exactly what it felt like for many years being a Red Sox fan. Joe and I have tried to explain that, right? Okay, well, let's let's take a quick break here. We'll come back, and I think we want to talk about I had to put a message up on the message board talking about putting your best lineup in. I think we should probably continue to talk about this. We had a, a great talk kind of from a game theory perspective as to what the incentives were, and I think that we haven't fully worked that out. So um, we'll see you in a couple minutes, boys. Okay, Bockers, uh, dealing with an unwritten rule that we have, we've talked a lot about unwritten rules in the past with Major League Baseball. We really have some unwritten rules in the fantasy baseball, the Deuces League in particular, and one of them is the best lineup rule. I think the question now, should we or even could we design an enforceable rule around this? I mean, you know, this is um, interesting. This is uh, different than a zombie team when someone doesn't put in a lineup that they they or anyone else believes could be the best possible team that particular week. That's more like a suicidal drone team. There was some question in the league with the Dreamers that Dusty wasn't putting in the best lineup, and it was uh, specifically pointed out Freddie Freeman and Christian Yelich were on the bench, and Brandon Belt was actually in the game. Now, we could break down the numbers and actually say that, that you know he made a good call, but the, the I think the deeper issue here is there were some owners that were really wondering about that. You know, incentives aside, I actually think that this is less about a rules violation and more about limited social interaction. So Dusty doesn't know anybody in the league. So when we talk about unwritten rules and we talk about the fact that we get together and we talk every week about the league, we're creating a community that when you think about it, Dusty is about the farthest from the community as anybody. So then people start to lay on Dusty intentions that aren't true or may not be true 
so you really you, you have two kind of different situations that we're talking about that kind of meld into to one so that the and and i think everybody's gut reaction w- was one thing but then it was brought up that is he aware that this is the way we handle this situation and you're right it's not written you know last week you guys threw around the word integrity and and it's not an individual integrity it's that the integrity of the league the the league itself the the assumption is that everybody will make the best effort to to win. You know, the first question is whether or not he's aware. Then secondly, then we can talk about the rule itself or, or the non-rule, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, you know, which is that that everybody has puts their best foot forward, whether it benefits them next year or not. But there's no there's no rule created, right? There it's is just... no rule. It's it's not a right that the unwritten rule, the the agreement, the the non social normal agreement between yeah. every right. So so yeah, so that that was one of my first questions was knowing the situation with him in particular, um, because we've never had the issue, because it's not something that really comes up anymore in our league. It did at first. That's why it exists. That's why we talk about it, because it had happened. And like you said, it is the smart thing to do. It's the better thing for your team. The other thing I did want to bring up is, you know, we're pretty fucking loose with it in the day. A relatable situation is the what we call the greedy Sizemore rule. And back in the day, there was actual vetoing of trade. We did mm-hmm. allow vetoing if enough people got behind it. And we used to play year to year. And once we went dynasty, it kind of changed the whole mindset of trading, obviously. At that point, it, it was valuable to get Nomar Mazzara this year, you know, whether or not he's as good as the guy you traded. Once we realized that that we needed to kind of back off and and allow that stuff to happen because you don't know how it's going to happen Ultimately, you don't know how good the the younger guy is going to get, so on and so forth. It's not like people are scouring lineups saying, oh, this guy is a little bit better than that guy. That's kind of what happened. Well, but it really has to be a drastic move. Nobody questioned Greg pitching staff selection prior to this happening. And, and were there better staffs? Yes. Were they greatly better? No. And, and even that now is something that it was within the realm enough that it really wasn't questioned. We're right. talking about a specific... even. You know, even if you were just talking about Yelich, I could see not using Yelich. He just had one of the greatest weeks of an outfielder this year, but I could see if you didn't want to use him, it's he's not, you know, it's not Stanton, but Freeman, I mean, Freddie Freeman. And again, Belt's doing great, but Freeman can play in three different fucking spots on that team now. He can, um, but what, what if what if he knows that Freeman's had a wrist injury, that he's worried about the power not being there, that, you know, when you look at Belt and Jerko, they actually scored exactly what Freeman scored. Like, my big concern here is that if we get into really legislating what we think people should do, that's when we get into trouble. You know, if he's, if he's on the message boards going, ah, I'm going to fucking throw the game and fuck you all, whatever... That's one thing, but everyone's kind of feeding their their concerns to me as if I'm going to talk to him rather than just reaching out and telling Dusty, everyone has his information. Dusty, what's up? Like, why didn't you do Freeman? Why didn't you put Freeman in there? And I agree 100% that this, the social aspects has a lot to do. In, in fact, in talking to Mike, who is the one that, that brought it up, and, and again, when he brought it up, he's just, hey, man, you know. Um, he still brought it up. You know, what, what's up with this guy that's uh, he's trying to lose? And uh, But, yeah, he has no idea who this, you know, he knows his but name. But you got to be really careful with that. Let's say Tim and I were in, in opposite places right now. I sat Wilson Contreras, who promptly put up a 9.2 or something like that this week in favor of Posey because I just had a feeling Posey was heating up 
And Contreras only had five games this week. Right. So it was a logical decision from my right. point of view. Right. But if I were in that situation where it would benefit me to lose, you could easily say, well, why would, you know, this guy's been better than Posey for a month and a half now. No, and, but yeah, and, but it's still, it's Posey. So there's certain guys that have a, a certain assumed value. All of it's arguable. And I, and I agree a hundred percent. I'm not 100% one way or the other, but this team this week, there are multiple situations where you can point and say, you know, what about that? The Diamondbacks have been on fire and they're on his bench. Again, the Mets could, they were supposed to be better. They, um, you know, he, he, and then, then there was an injury to a position that Freeman played. Um, so, and again, Freeman didn't start this yesterday. He's been doing it since he got back. He's, he's Freddie Freeman. Um, he got an injury and, and instead of replacing him with Freeman, he, he moved Jerko to first base, which would anybody here use Jerko at first base in any fantasy situation? Well, then, what, who's Jerko facing as a pitcher? What is his stats uh, against him? Uh, you're story, right. You know, right. he brought story enough to bend. This is what I'm saying. Like I get really concerned 17 for the week story. So yeah. Did, did he bring him in because he was due? Uh, maybe I, listen, I, I agree and and that's kind of my point is it, it's something that needs to be discussed. But I and and uh, you know I'm not a big fan of riding the fence. But in this situation, I'm I, I really am. I I I was part of the Grady Sizemore deal. Right. I, I know that it's hard to say you were doing this because of this or why. So the the ultimately all really me personally is that he, this person knows that this is how we do it. And if then he chooses to, you know what I mean? My concern is, is him knowing, which again, comes down to the social situation. I think that, that, you know, um, we've done a, a great job in, in, especially the podcast has helped us meet each other. I've never saw Scott lie, you know, his face before. And right. um, Mike mentioned how he hadn't, you know, really talked to Greg or, or got to see Greg before. So it's done a lot, but there's still some, you know, miss, you know, non-connections and, and this just happens to be one of them. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Jack, you said that my pickup of the pirates wasn't questioned until maybe today, but it was actually, it was brought up on last week's podcast where we were having this similar discussion of integrity and, but you know, so it is subjective and we've never had a rule where if you had to pick somebody up off the waiver wire, you had to pick up the person who filled the positional requirements who was currently right. you know, doing the best in the league. Right. You know what I mean? Silly. Right. You know, and so I had a logic, uh, you know, and so I guess what I'm saying is that we have to allow our fellow league owners to make bad decisions. Yeah. Is it partly because I'm a Pirates fan and it makes watching the Pirates more enjoyable knowing that they're, you know, a part of my fantasy team? Yeah, that's true. It, it that that was part of the calculation, but I also had the baseball logic. I thought I saw a trend where the Pirates were red, rising, the other teams were mm-hmm. were falling, and you know the the Rays, they're American League East, and you know uh, other teams were requiring bats. So I had my my logic, and the game that we're talking about specifically, it could just be bad baseball decisions. You know, the thing that I would object to, and the thing that I would say is worse than putting in the wrong starter or the wrong sub is when you don't switch out somebody who's injured. Agreed. Yep. You know, that that's a problem. And and again, I don't think that that's necessarily anybody with some malice in mind. It it might just be, 
somebody not paying close enough attention. Sure. But even even under those circumstances, I consider myself a pretty in-tuned owner. But, uh, you know, I, I clearly in the last this year, there's been a couple of occasions where guys were game time decisions. And if I had been reviewing my starting players 10 minutes before their game time, I might have read something on the CBS website. But I didn't. I thought they were okay, and then you know it's thirty minutes into the game. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, you know. Yeah, um, well, but, and if you're dependent on CBS for your in- injury information, you're screwed anyway. <laughs> Carlos Correa was day to day, and then all of a sudden he was on the sixty day DL. <laughs> it, it absolutely happened. It, it, I personally know for a fact I have left injured guys. This is at the beginning of the season while I was winning still, even though I had injured guys. And, um, but no, seriously, I, I have absolutely done it myself. So I, it happens. Nobody, not everyone can pay attention every day. However, there, once you get into a certain situation, then, then I, I feel we get a little bit more under a microscope and, and it does matter. Listen, the, the two weeks ago, the, the team in question played Tim, Tim's out of it. He's out of it. Doesn't really matter. It matters about positioning playoffs. This week he played you. You're out of it. He's out of it. Didn't really matter. Mattered to me. I watched. Why? Because I got your staff pick now. So mm-hmm. now I'm rooting against you. Um, this week, matters. the question plays the omission commission. And I try to, 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 when I look at these situations, and I've always done this, try to not be, take, you know, take myself out of it, my team out of it. Even if my team's in it, um, I try to do that. And I think in this situation, I've been able to do that. There's um like I would be surprised if you called the dude and said, Hey, are you putting your best lineup in? And he would say, Well, fuck no. And and think it's okay. And that's cool. If that's the case, then it's on us. Then then we then I as the past commissioner and Tim as the current commissioner, we whatever we need to communicate this shit so that people, you know, know it. Um, that's what 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 I expect, honestly. Uh, Trevor fucking story. Uh, maybe. Maybe, I, you know, maybe it's not the case. I don't know. But, but here's what's fascinating to me. You know, this is like, uh, you know, if we, if we can loosely call what we're doing here in the podcast art, this is art uh, imitating life, right? Because earlier we spent a couple of episodes probably talking about these unwritten rules. And we talked about Mattingly. That was what I think spawned the earlier conversation and his meltdown. Yep about a guy swinging 3-0 in a 5 nothing game in like the fifth inning. But we were all kind of on the side of common sense saying, you know, maybe Mattingly was a little bit overly sensitive in that one particular situation. Right. So we're here we have a team and some owners who are zeroed in on a meaningless game. And, you know, this isn't a new team in our league. This is a team that has years of history. And I don't recall there ever being, and again, the podcast. It was a different ownership. This team has that. been under new ownership for two weeks and in two weeks well, there's but he's been I mean, listen maybe it's oh. all coincidence i don't well, that's, I, is are we all or you know are the people who were you know raising eyebrows about my pirates and about you know this the other situation that was only me maybe? trying to prove a point no, no one else <laughs> raised their eyebrows just so you know that was okay. just me trying to kind of rhetorically get at what i saw as a as an attempt to legislate intent. Okay. So that's, that's fair. But you know, are are we being, you know, are we hyper-focusing on one particular game? And like, we're talking two or three player decisions. We talked in that earlier baseball's unwritten rules conversation about are those unwritten rules necessarily the right rules? You know, uh, once a person's in a league though, I mean, aren't they, isn't it free will? 
first of all, I want to point out a couple of things. First of all, the, 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 the word meltdown was thrown out. There has been no meltdown. Nobody's that upset about okay. this. Um, in fact, when, when I talked to Mikey, um, who brought it up originally, and, and not even originally, originally I mentioned to Tim that Boar had been left in. That was two right. weeks ago right? while he was injured. And you did it in um, a kind of an offhanded way. It wasn't like a... Yeah. Holy shit, what's I, I going on? I literally was looking at, at trades. I yeah. was looking at the teams that were out of it. Who could I pick off of their team? And then I noticed that. And went, went, and it, so, so I brought it up originally. Mike brought it up this week with Freeman. And I had noticed that he didn't have Freeman in, but it didn't really hit me until you know Mike brought it. But again, even when Mike brought it up, he went out of his way to say, hey, listen, I know we don't force anything on anybody. I know we don't make anybody do anything, but I thought, this was the case. Um, but Hey, at least the guy's replacing his hurt fucking players and he's not just leaving them. And so even Mike went out of his way to say the same thing you did, Greg, which is that's a much, you know, worse situation is not at least story has a chance to get points. And in fact, ironically, I think he's who won the game for him or at least put him ahead of you originally. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, again, Freeman would have, you know, in a, in a few different spots, I, I know at first base it would have balanced out, but, um, there were a couple other spots he could have played also. Um, you know, like I said, he, he only had three guys on his bench really after the injuries and so on. And, and I'm pretty sure that most of the time, those three guys were when he was winning and, and, and on their way up, those would have been the last man up. up. I, I agree. I was playing him and I, you know, um, I did find it curious and I was like, Oh, good. When he, uh, he put Jerko at first and left Freeman on the bench. I, I did find that curious, but I just thought, well, maybe that's not a, Good baseball that's, decision that's going to, you know, favorable randomness. On my and again, <laughs> you know, anything is possible. Again, first one to say, but that's when to not have Freeman in the lineup was one thing. To not take advantage of being able to put him in the lineup. But I didn't even that, know Jerko was that, eligible like, at first, and he was on my roster. Right, me either. Right. Why the fuck <laughs> would anyone ever use that guy at first? Um, so I, you know, that's where it kind of came. And then I said, well, t- Tim, does he know that? Like, have we? <laughs> like, I, I haven't told him. Um, that, that this is kind of how we handle things, um, you know, down the line. I, I know he's been in that situation. He hasn't been in the playoff, but again, you know, maybe it, it was somebody else. May, I- so a couple of things though, this unwritten rule is a lot more subtle than we want to talk about common practice. I'm out of the race. I get rid of my pitching staff. If there's value, no one bats an iron. I'm running with one pitching staff. I pick up the San Diego Padres, by the way, not the best statistical team available at the time my thinking was they play in a national league they have a big national league park they've got some young players coming up might be fun to watch them it it wasn't are they the best possible player to put in that spot sure next week what but see what i'm saying is that that's a sure right because it's it's a weird thing like i so i've picked them up anyone that's been injured i've replaced anyone that's on the dl clearly off it's the in-game decisions that we're that we're talking about, but even then, I try, I kind of threw out there a, a a a pure cold way to try to make it look like I was putting the best lineup out there, but could subtly do that. So I would put out sure. a bunch of players that were playing five games instead of seven games. No, I, I'm struggling this week whether to pull Mookie Betts out. No, I wouldn't. I don't perceive myself sitting down Stanton, but Mookie Betts struggled this week. And he's got five games next week against the Yankees and the Rays. Well, that's what we talked about last week. You know, that was the thrust of the conversation, Jack. And I'm, you know, I know you heard Tim's done. 
a similar thing with players, but Charlie Blackman, so, so oh, on correct. and so forth. Yeah, we, but then there's the, and Tim just mentioned it, it's, it's the in-game management. Right. That's where people are going to scrutinize and raise eyebrows about things that we may or no, may not do. But at the same do. time, you know, we've got that situation this week. Even if even if they put their best lineup in there, he should still outscore them. I should still outscore the team I'm playing. Right, it, right. It should right. happen that way. And sure, you know, there's a certain amount of randomness to it, and and sure. it might not happen that way. But so, I, I'm so I'm not. Is concerned. I think it actually affects the race to the bottom more than it does the race to the top. I get what you're saying too, but right. And the, and the, the you know I don't know what the value is of that because I'm rarely down there, so you'd have to ask somebody else. But um, <laughs> I do, I do feel. Uh, so check it out. Mike and Chris are in a dog fight, right? Mm-hmm. And Chris plays who this week? He plays me. Right. That's not anybody would want to do that right now. Um, Mike, on the other hand, plays his father. So he benefits from Pop's decisions throughout the year. And are we going to say that Pop's purposely made decisions well, my he quest- made? My question is, if if this isn't something that we need to, man, to oversee in some way, then what's to stop Pop's from making his shitty team worse just to make fucking sure that his son... Is it, you know, not that he would I, do that. I'm honestly, saying Jack, like open it up. The reality is, is that we could have said you put the Cubs in to give Chris an advantage because you could, I mean, if the Cubs hadn't had a better score than both my staffs for the two weeks prior to that, which is the reason I put they, them in. But, but they, again, didn't, you're, they didn't this week. This is why I'm saying like did, this. Right. There's a slippery right. slope here. Now, well, there is, yeah. the, that, that I gets, agree. That I gets agree really 100%. goofy and, and it comes but, down to uh, uh, a known versus an unknown. It's a. Dusty is an unknown. Therefore, I am putting kind of nefarious uh, motives on Dusty. But Absolutely we know Pops. Not. No, you're wrong there. That, no, that if no. You... The fact the fact that Mikey would even bring it up says that something. Because has Mikey commented on Pops' trades? Has he, Mikey commented on Pops' moves throughout the year? Like the, the point the is. is Oh well, okay then. <laughs> but but, but, but we it, allow it. We allow fight. it. It's okay. It's pops. He's eccentric. Like he cares about the I, other part, right? So oh fuck. Well, you know the fact that Mikey, I, I believe, is because of the player specifically in question. Uh, because it's Freeman, he's a brave. Mikey pays attention, obviously. Sure. The the but but if if Greg right now had Fred Freeman and was benching him. I would be questioning why that's happening. I, I would. Is there anybody here that's, you know, maybe Joe so good that Freddie Freeman wouldn't be in your lineup? Actually, I would love to have Freddie Freeman. <laughs> Again, we're not talking about a player. We're talking yeah. about, like I said, a in the, player in the, who the, had a broken bone in his wrist not long ago. And then came back and was kicking ass. I, kicking like, ass. It, it wasn't, like, if you look at the last seven games, he wasn't kicking ass. He's had a couple of home runs. I mean. Wasn't worse than Belt. You're gonna, you're he wasn't gonna better than Belt either. Well, Belt over Belt in favor of, of Freeman, that's not egregious to me. That That's maybe bad baseball. And don't forget, Dusty's a, uh, a Giants fan. So he might, there might be a, you know, illogical emotion playing into that. Maybe he has some insight. Well, yeah, the like maybe the Pirates. I mean, uh, or or faulty insight. But the only thing that made me honestly it did make me scratch my head was Jerko to first. You know, 
Right. And right. And then you, he does have Donaldson at third, which Freeman now qualifies at. So you can you can justify not putting Freeman there. Beltre at DH. Again, me personally, I'm starting Freddie Freeman. I guess you could argue it. Maybe add more games. I don't know. And, and again, Mike brought this up too. When me and Mike discuss it, he, you know, we the 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 details of the situation do matter. But there are a, a, a select number of players that you just expect to be in people's lineups. And when that particular one of those players isn't in someone's lineup, that will benefit from losing. Uh, my assumption is that Dusty didn't know that anyone would give a shit that he was trying to lose. I, I don't buy that he was trying to win. I just not with that. And, and especially with the, the move with Jericho to, to first and, and story that just to me didn't make sense. But. So that that's, but that's your thought, right? And, and it is, it's and an opinion. Absolutely. Right. And the, this is where I think, you know, if there's any rule, the rule needs to be, you need to be on the fucking podcast on Skype and see everyone's faces. Like you got to get, you got to get, I mean, you got to know people because I think to me it's social. I think it's the classic human. I don't know them, so they're not as virtuous as we are. And and I, I hate to kind of sound like that, but that's really what it is. And um, when you say it's social, what, 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 I, what I mean is that, look, part of this league, we've known each other since we were fucking kids. Like you've right. known some of the, the league mates since, since, since third we grade. Kids. Right. Like literally. literally. Yeah. And I've known you since early twenties, right? So there's that history, right? So this some of this unwritten rule stuff evolved, um, like you said, when we went to a dynasty format, right? What fifteen years ago? Um, My question is: Are you saying that that Dusty is not in connection, so he didn't know better, or Mike is not in connection? And because again, it's not. A question. It, it's a question of the player. That player I, not starting on any lineup that's not in the playoffs is would be questioned. I think it's social because the real move should have been what we would have done. Tapped out a text, Jack. Why aren't you playing Freeman? I can't believe you're not playing Freeman. But Mike didn't. Mike went to you, and and it's a it's an us versus them as opposed to just going to Dusty and tapping out a note to Dusty. You know, Dusty, what's going on, man? Like, I love the Braves. Why aren't you playing the? Why aren't you playing Freeman? I'm not blaming Maybe. Mike or I mean, Dusty. In his defense, yeah, I've been the the commissioner for quite some time. But yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, I well, mean, not- but it still doesn't. That's just the communication of the situation. It doesn't. It's not an explanation. But it, it gets of what's it gets, happening. It gets to the point, though. The point is, is that the doubt in even just asking the question, as opposed to just reaching out to Dusty and say, what are you thinking? And maybe Dusty's like, I thought this league was hardcore in the major leagues. In the major leagues, they do. That's what they do. So if in the major leagues, they do it, and this is a hardcore league, why, why is it a big deal? And that's why I sent the note out because I think this is a social thing. Now I'll talk to Dusty personally, but me talking to Dusty isn't going to resolve what I think drove the issue, which is someone wondering the intent. Well, yeah. and here's the thing. It's, it's a, tanking is an accepted part of sports these days. You just had Mark Cuban on a national radio program admit they did it. Right. Right. But there's other, there's, there's, there's other, um, this isn't a real sport. This is a game. I, that I get that. Play. But if, there's other if, negatives, if you don't tank, know that that's a rule. Right. If, if it's not, if it's an unwritten rule, he, he has, he's doing what, if, if that's what he did, He's doing it with the intent of making his team better next year. 
Right. And, and, and you can't fault him for that if we didn't tell him that that's a rule. Correct. Well, right. I mean, it's not a rule. What saying is yeah, exactly. that because Mike doesn't know Dusty, the, right. the, like, it, that doesn't matter. It, it happened. If, if Tim was benching Freeman right now, if Greg was benching Freeman, if LJ was benching Freeman, any of them, it, it would have come up. There's Correct. no... The right, that's what Tim's saying. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing, uh, and, and, I, and I haven't known you guys since childhood. I haven't known you guys a long time, and I can tell you, you know, there was a point where I was the new, probably the, I mean, when there was eight teams, it was me, yeah. I knew Tim, and then six people I didn't know, and a bunch of yeah. friends, you know. Yeah. And uh, Jack, you'll remember when you were commissioner, I can remember you calling me when I was in Arizona and saying, hey, you know what, um, uh, I have kind of a weird situation. Uh, somebody wanted to make a substitution and then they really didn't do, you know, they, they didn't get it quite in time, but it's only the first inning and that person isn't up yet. And invariably I said, yes, no problem. I rolled with it. I mean, because I'm an easygoing guy. Yes. But if I had known that people better, I might've been a little bit, but like, no, fuck that. No, you know, uh, they know the rules too late, but, I was feeling some social pressure and do I rate, I mean, does it cross my mind that, you know, especially years ago when I didn't really know anybody well, that there might be, um, you know, trades or, or, you know, like I might not be somebody that I'm, no one's going to trade with me because they don't know me. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a legitimate happening that no, you know, I only really ever traded with Tim until the league started to expand and I got to know you guys a little bit more. And so, the, you know, that, that I can see where, where Tim's driving at with this. You know, I, I look at, you know, I, I commented on it on the earlier podcast, the, the trade that Mike and his dad made earlier in the oh, year yeah. Where, yeah. where, you know, uh, Mikey traded uh, Chris Davis, I think, for Kevin Mitan. And I know that that was, you know, uh, I know that Mikey, well, I don't know. I, I believe that Mikey wanted Kevin Mitan because Mikey on a previous week's podcast had said how much he liked that guy. And then strangely, Pops out of the blue was offering me uh, Sano, who he, he knew I wanted, and he wanted Mitan. Who he wanted fucking, by the way, sure. like Harper for Sano. Just, just like when I would ask him, well, oh, how about Harper? Well, and here, yeah, let me finish the story. And so I know, and when I called, you know, Mike and I usually, uh, Pops and I usually talk about a trade. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll throw some ideas out there, then we'll speak on the phone. And, and after the trade, we spoke. And, you know, we made the trade, and he was like, oh, yeah, good trade, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and I was like, yeah, my tan's going to be really good. I said, but I, I, he's so young. And, and, and I think I even talked about this on the podcast that pops was like, well, you know, what is he like 20, 21? I was like, no, I think he's 17 or 18. <laughs> and he was like, what? You know? And, and so, you know, I, I kind of brushed that off. And then a week or two later, my tan suddenly on Mikey's team, you know? So it's like pops was the middleman brokering this deal for my tan. You know, is there a rule against that? No, there, there's no rule against that. And in unwritten rules, you know, in baseball, or in fantasy baseball, or in life, or unwritten rules, because if everybody agreed on them, or if there was a sufficient uh, mandate socially on what the right thing to do would, was, they would be rules. You know, but these are things that aren't quite rules. They're quasi-rules right. because there's not wide agreement. And so, right. you know, we, we can't even enforce it. It's not a rule, you know? No, no, and, and right, it's, it's, right, you can't say put this guy in your lineup. 
you can do what Tim did today, and and maybe I should have done more clearly a couple of years ago, and 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 say, you know, you we all have a, a responsibility to the league and and to the teams that are vying for playoff spots that we put in our our you know our what we think is our best team to win. Yeah, no, you did the same with Cubs. Right. Well, I, I, I did I pick up the uh, Brewers, and I will be starting I, for I know. Our, our week, uh, was our final week of the year. That might be <laughs> no, the no, most ridiculous move. Your, your apologies are wasted. He, he wants no, to feel I, hurt by it. I don't want to. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> I don't want to uh, have any impression that I'm you know, unwilling to spend or to do what I need to do to put my best oh, team on Oh, come on, Greg. We, we, you and I have put... Uh, a fucking shit ton of money. If you look, we have put one third of the money in the pot and we're fucking going home with guaranteed nothing. I know. Nothing. But I will have my I know it's respect a, thanks to the Brewers. Right? So I'm so I, happy that I'm fucking buying, you know, Jack's family and Joe's family nice dinners and maybe a gift for the wife. Like we've, and here we are. We're the ones talking about our moves when probably. There probably there's a couple other motherfuckers on this call, Greg, that aren't doing things on the level, right? Because look at them. <laughs> look at the fucking size of the pot. This is the record. We broke the pot record. Like, I mean, the the money record for the league, yeah, not the pot I believe record. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we broke that like fucking three weeks ago. I believe it. Four, no, four, oh, four weeks ago. Yeah. Did you guys ever see Rounders? Yeah. With that uh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. And- I saw, I saw it with Jack Never and Chris at Chris's yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. So like Jack and Chris and Mike and his dad, they're, they're like, uh, you know, uh, worm and whatever Matt Damon's name was. And, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're not exactly playing against each other. I mean, they're not exactly helping each other, but they're not exactly playing against each other. Right? <laughs> you know, Mike and Mike's dad do have that. You know, that's something that everyone's kind of known. Uh, that the Maitan situation wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. Put it that way. I wish How's this was a video around? podcast right now, and I saw Greg's face. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Or me, yeah. me, I'm, I'm just uh, not that they. they um, there's no not collusion, but the 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 idea of hey, I like this guy, I like that. Like me and Crit, me and my brother have a much different relationship. I guess is my point. Um, you know, me and Tim have a a, a different relationship within the league than me and Joe. Um, is it more likely that me and Tim would, would make a trade or, um, you know, me and Tim have worked on, you know, three, three person, you know, three way trades and, and, and that some that, that haven't been offered. That sounded way more but, sexy than it actually is. Yeah. Trades, trades. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, so some people off, obviously have different relationships with, you know, the same was assumed with you and Tim and, and you just admitted it to be the case when you first came into the league. Well, well only Tim's because bringing this guy off. into the league, obviously, you know, him and, and they're going to have a, a different relationship than Greg and Jack have. I mean, that's just, yeah, my, the difference was Tim would speak to me and consider trades, and nobody else would <laughs> for several years. I mean, that was the difference. I wouldn't even get responses. Joe, like, my brother. That great. Let's see what trades. <laughs> um, so I guess my point is is that there are a lot of unwritten rules in that, you know, what we to Tim's point, there are social elements of it where it's like, well, it's these guys have been in the league forever. So, yeah, they, there's kind of things that I probably wouldn't prefer that they – work together or you know don't exactly work apart 
but that's that's them. They've been in the league for a long time, so we're not going to hyper-focus on that unwritten rule, but other unwritten rules, to Tim's point, with people who are newer in the league, well, maybe we will. Maybe this is me yeah. being in the cusp of being in the newer people in the league that, you know, uh, that that's there's there's more than one unwritten rule. Yeah, but it's all taken into consideration. And and ultimately, why I was comfortable um, with with Joe and, and Tim, um, you know, commissioning the league is... I've always been able to, to, like I said, to separate myself and, um, but, but <clears throat> everything is taken into consideration. So, um, a, a trade between Mike and Mike's dad is, is it, for me per, I personally am going to scrutinize that trade more, look at it closer <laughs> than I would uh, a trade between uh, LJ and Dusty. Um, just because I know it's Mike and Mike's dad. They, not that they cheat, but they know each other better than this, better than that, you know, same situation. So there are different relationships within, again, um, everybody knows that everybody's aware of everybody is. So it, it isn't a situation. It's not something that Mike and Mike's dad know better. You know what I mean? Almost. At this well, but, but the way you're, you're talking about it, Jack, like these, that's factually, you know, everyone's like it's objectively that's the fact that everybody you know everybody's I mean, aware everyone of it. Everyone in so. the situation, I, but I it's mean, all about perception like, too. These unwritten rules, or I mean, unwritten rules in general, they're about people's perceptions. What enraged Mattingly was to that player who swung three zero, totally different. And so there is a big element of perception in unwritten rules. Hence, sure. they're unwritten. And so, yeah, I mean, but you you we, you may not know how anybody feels about the prospect of playing against people who are blood relatives, you know, and again, there's nothing to be done about it, but it's just, it's a, it, Tim's point. It's a slippery slope. Sure. And, and you can't say everybody knows it because the fact that they're unwritten means only the people that were in on it when those rules were made up know about it. How many times did we run into that last year with, no, you're right. Like yeah, the trade no, a lot deadline. of that needs to be, I, yeah, I had, a, I texted Chris back and forth about the trade deadline comment that he made with the, the Tim, the, Tim trade or pickup or whatever it was, I kept looking through the charter going, I do not see this rule. Somebody tell me where this rule is written down so that I can make a decision. And yeah, well, the fact was, it me. was an unwritten rule. That the First of all, I just want to be clear. When I said everybody knows, what I meant were, were the players in each of the parts. So yeah. Mike, what I meant was Mike knows right. if he trades with his dad, it's going to be looked at close so on and so so that's what i meant every within yeah. each of these situations the people are aware um yeah that the as far as unwritten <laughs> there, there's there's unwritten rules and then there's rules that should have been written um that's I, i'm guilty on the rules that should have been written for sure no no um, no, this is, un, don't. no no i know but as far as the unwritten rules yeah i honestly over the last two years three years since i was commissioner I just assumed, um, and, and and this is my fault. I, I don't know why I just assumed, but I assumed Tim brought him in. Tim brought him up to speed. I, I, I like, and and that's wrong uh, to put on Tim because all he did was say, "Hey, this guy wants to play. Is that cool?" Um, but now, uh, you know, I've been me and Tim talked about it more than once over the last couple of days uh, during this off season. Whether it's you know me and him, whether it's all of us, whether it's you know whatever, we need to to try to get as, you know more of this down as possible so that we don't 
you know, run into to these type of situations. And it, and it can be that simple. Just put your, your best team out, you know, put your best lineup in, whether it, we would argue whether it's Freddie Freeman or not, that's a whole different situation. But as long as everybody knows it exists and says they're going to go buy it, then, then, you know, we're cool. If somebody says they're not, like Greg said, then that's something that I guess we as a league would address, which we've always tried to do. Well, shit, I think we've, uh, I think we've run this, this podcast all the way it can go guys. Um, I know East coast, it's getting close to midnight. Uh, and, uh, for us, West coast, I guess the sun's getting ready to set, right? I can still see the sunshine outside mm-hmm. you, Greg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, I, I couldn't think of as we enter our five fifth month of doing this podcast, spending time with you guys every week, like we do. Um, I, I, I really appreciate and cherish this time and thank you for, for making this happen. And Tim, I, I've never meant this more uh, than I'm about to say right now. Good luck this week. <laughs> uh, good night, fellas. Uh, good night, boys. Take care, guys. Good luck, Joe. See All you in right. a couple weeks, buddy. <laughs> I'm afraid, afraid that's going to happen. Adios. Honey, I know I'm moving too fast Walking over water Walking over stained glass Little white sparrows overhead Fast as they fly away from here Baby, I'd as soon be dead some gin Ten thousand scaffolds holding half a million kids Well I reached to grab the glowing rose but instead I burned my hand It was just a thousand moths covering a light hoping that they found land Life could be a luxury if life forfeited time So
Thanks for setting me up, guys. I can't wait for that. No, you're not set up for it because Joe hasn't commented on it. If Joe made some comment of affirmation of wanting to see that, it would happen. But I don't possess the power to curse. I don't want to see Jack suffer. Oh, there it is. He's going to suffer. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, it might ricochet Thank to you. the left and hit you, though. It did already, so what the fuck? 